What's up, OBR Film Breakdown listeners? Before we get to today's show, just a reminder about the $100 in free bets over at the number one sportsbook, FanDuel Sportsbook. Use the promo code OBR today to claim that $100 in free bets. Again, that's promo code OBR at FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, President Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on 1-1-2023. Unique user identification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, the latest on the OBR Film Breakdown podcast. Hey guys, welcome into the latest OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Burns. The show is presented as all have been recently and will be into the future the rest of the year until 1-1-2023 by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take advantage of that OBR promo code, $100 in free bets. Uh, welcoming in Jared Mueller. We're going to do our Browns burning questions here for your Wednesday episode. Uh, coming off of a 39-17, really the NFL's only blowout loss of the week. And uh, there's a lot of questions I think a lot of people have. But I think, Jared, what, what I would say is it perpetuated a lot of the concerns. Ironically, we, we, we thought last year, if we go back and hearken on the Odell Beckham situation, they let Odell go. And then the Browns blow out the Bengals. And everybody thinks it solves all the issues. And then it just resurfaces. It's, <laughs> it feels like the same thing happened here, right, man? Where it's like you beat the Bengals, you start to think you turned a corner, maybe, and then it's just you go down to uh, Miami, coming off of a bye week, and just get absolutely mauled. In a sense that I, I would have thought this performance was one from a group either going into the game before a late bye week, or maybe a game after a Thursday night uh, or a Monday night to Sunday type of performance where it just didn't look like they wanted to be there. And I think, I think that's probably what people are most frustrated about here is this situation where it felt like these guys might not care. And I, I don't think it's fair for us to always question NFL players level of commitment because we don't know, right. We don't know all of that all the time, you know, but, if you if you put enough stuff on film that just doesn't really look like you have a fire burning underneath you to make plays and and win football games, the questions start to be asked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's why you know people end up going back to coaches for, and we've talked about this for a variety of reasons. When it looks like the effort's not there, or looks like same things over and over again, the answer always is the coaches, right? It's the regime. It's it's all of that. But in the end those are the easier things to change, right? You can change a coaching staff more than you can change 53 players. Now, Andrew Barry has done a very good job, or I don't know if it's a good job, but he's definitely moved along a lot of different players over his, you know, now almost three years on the team, but it just feels easier to put the blame on the coaches, which they may deserve their part. But I think it's like anything, when you think about, you know, building a house or building an organization, every little thing kind of matters, until it doesn't, right? Until you have those pieces that are just so good that it doesn't really matter. You can just kind of overcome them. Right now, they're in a place where there's just not enough. Like Miles Garrett isn't enough to overcome Jadavian Clowney being whatever he has been this year. No defensive tackles, uh, not a lot of strength behind him. 
uh, up the middle. Like he's just not enough. Denzel Ward just coming back. There's just so many different things, which I guess in general brings me to kind of my first burning question for, for you is, do you feel like in general, this Browns, let's go with organization. So Andrew Barry, Paul D. Podesta, Kevin Stefanski, Joe Woods, uh, really kind of that four power uh, group. Do you feel like they're just too stubborn with what they think and kind of sticking with what they think? I think this stems from a, a really fair angle here, which is today we found out, or maybe last night, I can't remember when that news was released here, but Jerry Tillery, who is a former first round pick, is let go. And it's clearly a position the Browns should be taking swings on, but they don't even place a claim for the former first round pick. And again, I get it. A guy gets cut, especially defensive tackles. It's usually the the good, good ones don't find the market, right? Like that's, it's pretty (laughs) obvious, but uh, it's like, are they trying, right? Are they trying? And, and, you know, I think you and I have had this question now where this, this regime has had, I think we've spent a lot of time over the last three years looking at trends, right? I feel like we've spent a lot of breath talking about draft guardrails, age guardrails, contract structures, who they're going to pay, who they're not going to pay based on what we, we saw that glimpse of a, what was that chart that was out there that floated publicly about how they value certain positions and different things of that nature. Like they took this weird break. Uh, they went from Sashi Brown and Depot and the angles they had there that were in place. They took this break on, I, I'm guessing was a hunch from, from Jimmy Haslam, this hunch on, on John Dorsey, they took a, a completely removed break and then they full circle and bring it back. So that part of it, I think is lost on a lot of people, Jared, that they actually were in and they had a plan that they wanted to try to follow. And then they took a two year break from it and not just a break from it, but a two year break in a really important window of decisions to be made. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And not to say that the, if, if Sashi or at that, if Andrew Barry was the leader at the time that they still wouldn't have taken Baker Mayfield. And it's not that everything John Dorsey did was terrible, but it was an interesting thing to go from this hard, dedicated analytics angle to peeling it back to the complete opposite, then retooling it, putting it back into place. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe they are too stubborn. I think again, you and I have had many conversations in the last eight, nine weeks here where, we talked about the age guardrails and, and committing too much to worrying about age and less to worrying about, is this SOB really good at football and ready to contribute, right? The same with free agency and different things of that nature in terms of little bits and pieces of uh, decisions they make in free agency and what they're trying to do at certain positions. But I, I continue to go back to like just just two very easy outcomes this year where if they just beat the Jets and if they just beat <laughs> the Chargers – they're they're two more wins. They're foot five and four. Like it, it it's the, the 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 margins very thin. And I still continue, and I hate to keep saying the same things about like if they just. I think they're they they knew the risks of this year, and not to say that it excuses some of the effort stuff we saw in Miami or or the abysmal run defense. I totally get it. But would we be having the same angry conversations we're having? Like somebody tonight posted a video of Kevin Stefanski saying all of this is his fault in every press conference. And it's like, what, what do you want him to say, man? Like, of course he's going to take blame. He's not going to pin that on players and, and ruin locker room culture. But, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is, are they too stubborn? 
Maybe, but I think they have a plan that they want to really try out. And maybe this plan gets them fired. I don't know, Jared. I really don't know. But I do think that they, when they made this commitment to Deshaun Watson, if they went into it thinking that these guys deserved these head coach, like this head coach offensive side of the football defense is a completely different conversation, which I'm sure we'll get to. But like if they made this decision and Deshaun was vocal in the press conference saying that he wanted to play for Kevin Stefanski and in that offense, if they made the decision to to not commit to at least two full years of this quarterback and head coach and play caller, I just don't know like why they would do that, right? I don't know why right. they would would do that. And yeah, I think we're all very much allowed to be frustrated at three and six, especially based on this performance we just saw. But like I, I continue to think yeah, maybe are they I guess the thing I want to see them do Jared in the coming coming drafts if they have two or three more drafts air quotes guaranteed is like how are you learning from your misses on Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai and and the guys you've brought in up front? How are you adjusting to to go away from an Anthony Short? Like do they start to go away from some of the hard set rules they have in place in order to improve upon some processes we've seen that have failed? So I I think your question is fair. Uh, the, they did bring in, has it been Stilly? Uh, I, I, right. A bunch of the undrafted guy from Nebraska. That, that was yeah. on Miami's practice squad. Yeah. And he, but, but again, you're talking about what are they looking there? He was a very high athletic score, right? I think he was a 10 RAS score guy, which is a grade of all your athleticism and explosion and change of uh, direction ability in the draft. And like, are they headset on some of those things? High athleticism scores, low ages, and less worrisome about does a guy understand football schemes? Does a guy know how to win at his position? I think those things right now, based on some of the outcomes we've seen, are very, very fair. Very fair. Yeah, and that's, you know, he's a great example. You know, I compared him at some level to Taven Bryant, right? Now, obviously, one went undrafted, one was a first-round pick, all of that kind of stuff. But 6'4 and 6'5", 290, right? They're not, and, and again, that athlete, but not, you know, more of that length uh, and speed versus strength. And I think you hit the nail on the head is, can they learn? And I think the hardest thing, and and now is one of the few times I'm going to use this word as a negative word, it's one of the few times that analytics and that general concept starts to really come up as a concern for me because the general idea of of using data to make decisions is great. I think it's an it's the right way to go about most things. The problem is in general, analytics isn't going to look at anecdotal information. So anecdotal information is this team over the last two and a half to three years, anecdotally, it hasn't worked when it comes to stopping the run. Some of the other things that we know, Anthony Schwartz, as you brought up, a lot of the mid-round picks, really, it hasn't worked. The problem is that isn't the data set that they're going to look at in general. Uh, they're going to look at the holistic data set, and they will add that information to it, but that information isn't all of the information. And so just because you add these three years of mid-round picks and and no defensive tackles that make sense, it doesn't actually really change whatever data set they're looking at because they're looking at a bigger picture over the last five or 10 years in the NFL as a whole. And so my concern will be good, we'll use poker betting, good decisions in poker are always good decisions. That doesn't mean they're going to win they're just always good decisions. If I have ace king 
and I am the big blind, I'm going to push with ace king unless, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to go all in if I'm the small, if I got the small stack, whatever it is, the decision is based on the information available. In this case, the information has led to decisions and those decisions haven't worked. Will they adjust based solely on their experience or will they continue to take kind of the big, broad perspective data and say, we believe this is going to work and we're just going to keep doing the same types of things, believing that our model works. And I guess at some level you want a team to go out on their shield, right? Like if they, if Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, Paul Podesta really believe this is the right way, do you want them to just say, this is our way. If it fails, we're gone, but we're going to fail doing it our way versus maybe succeeding doing it another way. Like to your greater point, I think there's an issue with, with, with mid round picks and, and some of the precedents they've set with these guys, because I think, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind as we sit here that, that they'll get better when Watson is there full time running the offense, doing his thing. But I, I certainly, and at least in my opinion, have concerns over the longevity of the contract spikes and what they're able to do replacing guys based mm-hmm. on that. Right? It's it's so hard because we all just want to see the Browns win, and and I do think that there is this, there's this weight, even if they were decent this year and they got to Watson later in the year, I'm not totally sure they were ready to make some leap to being a serious Super Bowl contender uh, because of the quarterback late in the year and all of that stuff. I, I think people were expecting better than three and six, which I think is fair. But to my bigger point, we are, we are in a massive situation of waiting, right? And we have to see what Watson can do over a prolonged period of time, and that's going to be a draw out to where we're probably having – just now in November of 2023, some serious like look into what they're going to be with him as the quarterback. And he can erase some things, some wins that should have happened, right? He can do that, but they have to be better. I don't think there's any doubt you would agree with me. Like I said, we're going to talk about defense in a minute, but I think it's very fair to say that the front office, if this thing is going to hum into something really great 2023 and beyond, this front office has to be better with how they're acquiring players and the people that they're drafting. I think that's pretty fair, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, and you mentioned some of the two wins. So let's use that as kind of going into the, I absolutely agree. The front office has to be better. Coaching staff has to be better. And again, they're in alignment. So they don't get to blame each other because they have aligned and that was their key kind of buzzword, right? So they don't get to blame each other, which is one of the few things I actually really like about what Jimmy Haslam did is, is that it lined up. These two are on the same page. They're not separate characters at some level. But you brought up uh, winning two more games, right? Winning the Jets game that they could have won, should have won. Winning the Chargers game that they should have won, could have won. If right now we would give the Browns a D minus grade for the season, let's just use D, D minus F, I don't care. If they are five and four, if if those two games go literally one play in each game changes and they win those games, Jake, what do you think our grade or their grade or you would give them if right now they were five and four because they won those two games just based on the changing of two different plays? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's me, Jake, telling you again about the fantastic offer coming up from FanDuel, America's number one sports book, which is coming to the Buckeye State at the turn of the year. They're already available. If you go in, sign up, you get $100 in free bets with an early sign-up bonus. Now again, reminder, you cannot get this offer if you wait around and do it after the turn of the new year when, when it's a go-live date for sports betting in Ohio. You have to do it early. You get an early sign-up bonus by using the promo code OBR. Very simple. Just OBR. Get that sign-up bonus, right? Get $100 in free bets. Just have to download the FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use. I already do it for some of the shows that I do on Sundays just to look at lines and give advice. Download that app. Ohio, it's your chance to get in on the action. Join today. Again, promo code OBR. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Again, the disclaimer, 21 and older. Going to be present in Ohio. Bonuses issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1-1 of 2023. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's so hard. You would probably feel decent about it, right? Like you would mm-hmm. feel decent about it because the record tells you to feel decent about it. And you would have <laughs> this idea of, well, here's what's coming in the in the in the week 11 and beyond scenario it does and you and i think have have been pretty balanced about the swinging of those two games and even the atlanta game was another one right like you know you could ebb and flow and i would say there's three games that they should have won and one that they got lucky to win the carolina game i think that's pretty yep. pretty fair to say so that's two wins which we continue to talk about but like it just it it I haven't changed my big picture of this group. I think the thing that people are most frustrated about is, is the losses that, that look like they don't care. And 
um, this Miami game was that way. And I think if it was a close loss, people would still be mad and there'd be a lot of really silly nonsense out there. But (laughs) I just don't like games where it feels like the effort level and in, in terms of like a team figuring them out versus them figuring out another team are just sort of awry. I think that's where it starts to get, for me, when I analyze this, really tough to pick it apart. But like to grade you know, the front office or grade, grade that group. Like I just, I don't think they've been terrible, but, but what happens is when you lose some close games, you get magnified in some of the the decisions you made and the impact of some of the decisions that you've made. And I think we're in the, in the middle of that. I don't think that anybody should be calling for someone to get fired here, but I do think, you know, the, the ace in the sleeve of Kevin and, and Andrew right now is that they don't have their quarterback. I think that's yep. that's the thing, and that's what everybody's waiting on. And people will try to jump to conclusions based on the end of the year with Watson. But again, I continue to say they these guys deserve a full 2023 with him and trying to see what the pieces they put around him look like and how it all can shake out together. But like, um, you know, as we sort of sit and sift through three and six and where they're at and the disappointment of some of those losses, it starts to weigh on people. And I think that I think what we did collectively is underestimate how long 11 games is and and how mm-hmm. long how long three months of football is between a guy playing and a guy coming back from suspension after six games because that's that's just it's a it's such a shorter duration you know it's it goes from one and a half months to three months and that's just it's a lot but like to my point i think the pressure could get real uh i think they should get two years 23 and 24 but the pressure is going to be real this off season where i'm sure folks have looked at you know, the Browns have something like $48 million of cap space this year, right this second. But if you look at it next year going into the season, they're actually slightly over the cap by a little bit. And they're going to have to be creative. They're going to have to hit. They're, I'm not saying they need to have a Seahawks level draft. We, we see the Seahawks impacting things this year. But they're going to have to have a good draft with guys who are ready to come in and contribute. And they're doing it with without a first round pick, right? So it makes it even it makes it even harder uh, here as we as yeah. we analyze this but god dude it's so hard in general it's so hard to to do this because people want definite answers they want definite answers on what we think they should do this year who should be fired who should be let go and i think i've been pretty vocal about my angle on things but there's just a huge portion of this team that's missing and that's this long term quarterback and it would be really tough to make a hard rash decision about the quarterback before you get to pair him with the head, you know? So it's like with the quarterback coach. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. And I think the other thing we, we don't really realize is the Browns have only lost to one team with a losing record. That's the Atlanta Falcons, everybody else, the other five losses, not that it excuses it, but they have played against teams that we didn't think were going to be good. uh, Some of them, but they all, all the rest have winning records. I have two questions about the defense and I want to run through them pretty quickly, but the first one, I want to do the funny one first and then get to the more serious one. Jake, you've shown some of the video and some of the the stills. Um, If injuries were turned off thinking Madden style, how many yards do you think you and I could have run for against the Browns defense this weekend with the Miami Dolphins blocking for us? Well, there was some data put out there by football reference about how these guys, this was the, I think the the one of the five worst games this year uh, from an NFL team in terms of not just rushing yards allowed, but rushing yards before contact happened. And uh, there were just several of them with wide open rushing lanes. I think all kidding aside, I probably could have found 40 yards. I mean, 40 yards for a fat, 
middle middle mid thirties guy. Like I just, um, I think that that's that's. I'm not I'm not even trying to be funny. The, the, no, the, the rushing lanes were were pretty wide. There were a couple examples that I wrote up that showed where a linebacker whiffed. Tony Fields missed one, and Deion Jones missed missed one. But there were a lot of opportunities to rush for a lot of yards. And, um, you know, it just, to me, it continues to, uh, it continues to, to harken back to a bunch of guys who are unwilling to go above and beyond what, if they, they think they are supposed to play B gap, they play B gap. If you're supposed to crash, you just crash and you ignore everything. They don't have anybody, at least in this game, they did not have guys willing to go above and beyond their assignment. And it just, that's why their run defense is not a holistic, run defense it is uh if a guy's in the right place at the right time they'll make the play but they don't have a bunch of guys rallying to the football all the time which is really the root of their issue jared yeah i mean they absolutely don't have it feels like football iq and i think that's a strong statement as well when we talk about effort they don't have guys that are really doing the right things at the right times or noticing things or paying attention or processing right so that processing speed is just not there it's funny you got to 40 that's exactly where i was at i thought 40 to 45 uh, with a bad hip and a bad back. Yeah, uh, I'm obviously sliding again. every single time. No one's hitting. I'm oh. doing, you ever seen the Tyler Lockett video out there out right now this year? How he oh, catches yeah, it he and falls now? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm get, and anyone gets close to me, I'm quarterback sliding. Uh, oh, I, I'm not even sure I'm going to do that. I might literally do lockets fall down. <laughs> yeah. um, but the serious question. Uh, the we, the like, last question is a go good ahead. one from you, which is who wants to coach this defense? Like, <laughs> right. I, I guess the root of the question here as we close is this. Is this yeah. defense is there, is it as bad as they're playing? Like, are they just way worse than we thought? Are they way worse than we thought? And I think that in this game, the D tackles and linebackers were pretty atrocious. I guess the question is twofold. Is it fixable in an off season with limited resources and limited picks? How fixable are the issues they have? And do you think that this is a defense that is some upcoming defensive coordinator or a guy like Zimmer, Fangio, the older type. Do you think that they would, is there enough here that you would say, and I'm going to ask you to be objective here, just looking at it from an overarching view, is Ward, Miles Garrett, some of these other guys, are they enough to make you want to go coach them? Do you think there's enough there? I do. And well, sorry, let me be honest. I think we saw it with Jerry Tillery. Eight teams put a claim on a guy that's just to be honest, isn't that good, but he has a first round pick. So eight teams put a claim on him, not the Cleveland Browns. I think the same thing would happen in this process where, okay, you got the Sean Watson, you got this run game. That means our offense is going to be a little bit more controlling and you've got miles Garrett, right? He's the player you don't trade. I don't care what you offer. You don't trade miles Garrett. You've got Denzel Ward. Um, you've got Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. Greg Newsom needs to be slid back outside. He's just an adequate slot defender. I think you got to, I think the arrogance of I can coach them up, which we've seen time and time again in the NFL, I think that would win out. Um, I don't know if it would be the young guy. I think, unfortunately, it'd probably end up being one of the older guys who goes, I can do this, which obviously is why Zimmer makes sense, uh, given his experience with Kevin Stefanski. Do you feel the same way, or am I maybe a little too homer on them? I don't think you're homer on them. I mean, there's there are pieces here um, that, that should be playing better football. They, I, I have questions about putting people in the right position all the time schematically. And I think I also have questions about progressing talent where I'll just see like the touchdown to Trent Sherfield on the left corner. It's cover three. And for no reason at all, like, like Martin Emerson's eyes cheat inside to a slot out and he just gets beat over the top and cover three. So like, 
I just I'm wondering, are they getting the most out of these guys? I, I, I really don't know. I really don't know, man. And that part of it all is it's extremely frustrating. And, and it's something that you don't know. You know, how much time are they putting in behind the scenes? How much effort is there? What the leadership looks like holding them accountable? There's so many things we don't know, but the results are telling me that they're not. And um, I, as a defensive coordinator, I do think there's enough pieces here to think you could come in and really reshape this, retool this, and redesign something that could be effective. But again, you're trying to find a guy who has the. Can, can you can you get these now veterans, Denzel Miles? These guys are veterans to respect them right away, uh, but also be here for a while, right? You know, so that's that's a difficult balancing act. I hate to cut short, Jared, but I got to run you're in good. this one. So. We will check in with you next week, talk about hopefully a different slate of more positive <laughs> questions. Uh, but but this is this is tough, and we're trying to give you guys perspective in the midst of a, of, a, of a really tough season. So hopefully we're doing that. If not, and you're impatient, I'd also don't blame you. But otherwise, Jared, appreciate you, man. Absolutely, man. Have a great night. Appreciate you guys stopping by today on, to, on this podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with Jordan Zerm, so check that one out. And then we'll have John Colosimo on Friday and a Bills guest to prepare you over the weekend for what could be a super snowball. So, uh a lot of stuff going on. We will be uh, busy throughout the week. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate you checking out the OBR website, Twitch channel, and obviously this podcast as well. Have a great Wednesday and go Browns. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.